Let's, let's look at Genesis chapter six, verse 13. And God said to Noah, I have decided to put an end to every creature for the earth is filled with wickedness because of them. Therefore, I am going to destroy them along with all the earth. Let's pray together. Father, help me to be a plain preacher today, so plain that a child would understand me. Help me to be in tune to your Holy Spirit and your word of knowledge you give to me to speak to a person or their situation. Lord, if you prompt me with it, I want to be obedient to speak to it. Uh, you look at all of us today, but you see me differently. I'm a teacher of your word. I'm your preacher. And upon me is a greater judgment, a more strict judgment than anybody in this place. And I know that. And I accept my place in rightly dividing your word. So in the name of Jesus, I pray his name that I preach. Amen. You can be seated. It's good to see everybody. Good crowd this morning. And alert. I'm glad for that. We're starting... Uh, a new series, if you will bring up that uh, graphic of, of adjustments. Uh, we're, uh, I, 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 I told Logan, Logan put that together. He had a hammer up there and I said, a hammer's a little bit destructive, you know? I, and uh, I thought about putting a chiropractor up there, you know? I actually thought about that, uh, but not everybody goes, but it, just adjustments of uh, what we have going on in our life. We're gonna be in a, just a short series, taking people from uh, God's word and showing how they had their life and God revealed something to them and they made the adjustment that they needed to make uh, in their life. And I told you a, a word for our year is gonna be a word rearrange, which is one reason we did the seating. Uh, if you're new to our church, this is not our typical seating. We changed it uh, from one aisle in the middle to two. And uh, I, I did it because we wanna handle the word rearrange. If you follow Christ, listen to me, listen to me, look up here. If you follow Christ, you will be rearranging your life all through your life. Okay, it's never gonna be one set deal. Never gonna be that. Your seasons change in your life. Some you've looked for, some you've planned for, some came to you just out of the blue. You're gonna go through those seasons, uh, some that you anticipate and you welcome and some that you wish you had never seen. And in that, uh, there's a constant rearranging that goes on in your life. This marks, this January marks a, a start of when I left United Parcel Service, I left UPS, I was in management with them, had a great career with them, a promising career with them. And at the same time, I was losing my marriage. My life had gone downhill. I'm not blaming that on UPS. Don't hear that. That's my, that my fault. Uh, but uh, my point is, uh, I've, I've re, I've re, I know what rearrange looks like. I've had that in my own life, and many of you have had it in yours. But it's a constant rearrangement. It's a constant changing going on in your life and a maturing. And, uh, today we're going to learn about Noah and the adjustment he made and you think it's going to be a sermon about the ark We're going to talk about the ark a little bit But we're going to talk about Noah and the adjustment that he made. I couldn't wait to get here to preach his sermon today I, I'm so excited about it uh, And you're I know you're interpreting that as oh no, it's going to be a long one uh, I hope that it isn't but there's just so much in Noah's life that I wanted to be able to give you when God speaks He's going to reveal what he's about to do. God just doesn't reveal to you for the fun of it. 
He doesn't say, well, I'm just going to shake up their life and reveal something to them. When God reveals something to you, he's revealing something he is about to do. Uh, he, um, he, he's not going to do something and just reveal and just watch you be afraid and scatter around. That's not what he's about. So this revelation that he gives us is an invitation for you to join him to join him in his work. And it means there's adjustment, it means there's surrender, it means there's an act of obedience that you have to go through, it means there's a dependence on God. And I've said this ever since I've been your pastor. I've really said it ever since I've been preaching here in, in Lawrenceburg since 1994. And that is, God does not want you to be independent of him, God wants you to always be dependent on him. And man, that fights our nature, that fights our culture. Because the more independent you can present yourself, the greater value your life can look like. But it's, we don't grow to independence of God, we grow in our dependence on God. This is exactly where he wants you to be. Our problem is you and I want God to join us on our journey and plan. Let's just stop there and confess it. We have a plan for our life. It can be, now that I'm 62, it can be about retirement or whatever. And somebody said the other day, you're never gonna retire, are you? And I said, probably not. Probably not. I'd rather wear out and rust out, you know? Uh, so the, we, we have our own journey and uh, we say, God, I want you to come along. Here are my plans. God, come along and bless them. And that is not the Christian life. That is not the Christian life. The Christian life is, where is he leading me? Where is he leading me? Where is he calling me? Why did he reveal that to me? Well, he revealed it to you because he's showing you what he is about to do and he's asking you to join him in that effort. I wanna put up on the screen what our, our adjustments include. I go back to what we had recently and uh, what we had recently is uh, out of uh, experiencing God, uh, knowing, knowing and doing the will of God. Uh, the adjustments are your circumstances, your job, your home, and your finances may change. They may change. Your relationships, family, friends, business associates, they may change. Your thinking, the prejudices you may have had, uh, the methodology, which means the, the, the way you thought. You may, you may have thought negatively. Always somebody out to get you. Always feeling like a failure. All those things. You're, you're, and your planning may completely change. I, I want to talk about that for just a moment. I love the book of James. It's one of my favorites. And when I, I'm going to refer to him here again in a moment uh, in the sermon, but I, I refer to him as my old friend James. And I love to read it because it's a short book, but it's got a big old punch. And in there, James says, don't go around saying you're going to be in that city next year and going to do business here and there. Don't, don't go around saying that. Uh, that a year from now, I'm going to be doing this and I'm going, he said, you need to say if the Lord wills it. And when you follow Christ, are you listening to me? You can be a church member and not follow Jesus. Okay? If you follow Christ, it changes the way you plan. Changes the planning of it. 
your actions, your adjustments in how you pray, how you give, how you serve, uh, your beliefs, what you believe about God, his purposes, his ways, your relationship to him. Uh, it, it, just, it just continues to go on and to go on. But I wanted you to see a little picture of what happens when you adjust your life. And some of you read that list and you're going, man, I don't want to adjust anything. Listen, what he calls you to is far more valuable than what he asks you to leave. Amen. Far more valuable. So if we're not careful, we will lead a life of being recognized, wanting to be recognized instead of leaving, uh, living a life that has meaning. And when you follow the Lord, you, it's not about recognition. It's about a life of meaning. You remember when uh, Jesus was teaching in that home and it was so crowded that you couldn't get in there to the near him. And those four guys picked up their friend who was paralyzed and they put him on a cot. This is in the gospels. And so there's, there's four handles to the cot. So these guys, they grab their friend, two in the front, two in the back, and they carry him to Jesus. And uh, they can't get in. They can, now, just, now just stop for a moment. Think about trying to get a paralyzed person on a roof. All right, let's just, let's just think real, real plainly here, all right? And they couldn't get to Jesus, so they went on the roof and they tore a hole in the roof and they had to figure out how to lower him down. And they lowered him down. Jesus is teaching and there's straw and mud and clay starting to come down, you know. And then, but we, listen, we never know the names of the guys that have the corner of the cot. We never know who they are. And we live in a life of really, really deep down wanting to be recognized. Social media has only brought that to a greater level. Uh, people who had no voice anywhere else seemingly have a voice. And then it's about the likes. And you and I know that there are influencers on social media today and they're paid by how much you click on what they, what they, what they have an opinion of. And it's all, we're finding out with children now, students, that they're going into depression because they're not getting as many likes as another friend got. Are you listening to me this morning? We, if you're not careful, you'll plan a life of being recognized. And you get frustrated when you're not. And we need to plan a life that is a life of meaning and purpose, and that's why God calls us to do what he calls us to do. Back to Genesis six thirteen. When God said this, when God said this to Noah, and, and look at the first part of the verse, then God said to Noah, you don't have to be a scholar or a theologian to know he's talking to Noah. Right there he's talking, this is the game changer for Noah. God is, uh, God is revealing himself to Noah at this point, and Noah is at a crossroads. He's going to have to adjust his life, hang on, and the life of his family. This one verse, this one revelation of God changed Noah's life and the life of his family. Hang on, it changed ours too. It changed ours too. So God is revealing his plan to Noah 
And if you want to see what the plan is, it's verses 14 through 22 that follow it. It's very descriptive. He's inviting Noah to join him. Civilization has grown wicked. It's violent, it's corrupt. The scriptures even say about this civilization that when they had any thought at all, it was a thought of evil, not a thought of good. There was disobedience to God's ways. God is grieved. God grieves when you and I don't live according to the purpose by which you were made. Uh, somebody will talk about our kids, Andrew and Laura, and if they're saying bad things about them, I go, well, those are Julie's kids. <laughs> and if they're saying good things about them, I'm going, well, they're mine, right? God is grieved by disobedience. God gave you life. You're breathing the air that he gives you. The air's not even yours. It's not even yours. He programmed your brain to tell your lungs when to inhale and to exhale. He put all of you into form, every bit of you. And so we, we see that this civilization is just wicked and it brought sorrow to God. It grieved God. What have I done? What have I done? And then uh, boom, here comes the judgment. And here comes the judgment. I, uh, I don't know if y'all remember, man, this is old. This is such a gap thing right here. But I'm sorry, I'm just gonna go ahead and do it, okay? A anybody in here with me remember Flip Wilson? Oh, come on. Remember, here come the judge. Here come the judge. You remember that? I, when I was writing this sermon, I could, I'm back there in my office, and Andrew's old bedroom is now my office at the house, and I, I'm back there going, here come the judge. Here come the judge, you know? So, boom, here it comes. Here comes the judgment. Uh, I, Matthew and Luke, Jesus refers to a future day as the days of Noah. And when he refers to the days of Noah talking about his return and even talking about judgment, it is a reference to people who are totally unconcerned with spiritual matters. I'm seeing that today greatly. And they, are, they will be caught off guard by the judgment. Listen, I know the first of the year, everybody's joined a gym or built a gym or got some resistant bands or a jump rope or something. You know, I, I know that. I know that. I was driving by Daddy's the other day and I had, a, I had a wrestling match with myself in the cab of the truck, you know? And I, and I, I, didn't, I didn't pull in there. I even called Julie. I said, Julie, I, I said this to Greg Scott the other day. I said, man, we were wrestling. I mean, it's like those cartoon wrestlings where there's a, there's a dirt cloud, there's an arm and a leg that come out, you know? And uh, so we've, we've all done something. Listen, the, the Bible talks about spiritual about spiritual health and spiritual fitness. He even says, Paul says that being physically fit is beneficial, but the most important fitness of your life is spiritually, spiritual fitness. And they've become, when he says about the days of Noah, he's referring to the days of Noah when people were unconcerned with spiritual matters and they're gonna be caught off guard by the judgment. And I, I, don't, I don't have a problem with the judgment because he is a judge 
and his judgment will be just. It will not be like any of us. It's going to be his way. Uh, I want him to be a just judge. Uh, and sin will always be punished. Always. It'll never get a free escape. The only way sin will be paid for is if you surrender to Jesus' payment for your sin or you will pay for it all by yourself. One way or the other, you will pay for your sins. And you have to let the Lord, you have to surrender to the, what the Lord has done or either that you'll pay them for all of eternity. And he's saying here that uh, he's very descriptive even in the ark that he's telling him to build. He's going to end it all but he's going to start over and he's going to start over with Noah. And he asked Noah to build this ark. Again, we're not focusing on the ark in this sermon today. We're focusing on Noah and how he made an adjustment in his life. And he said, I'm gonna give you 120 years. Remember, this is a revelation of God. He's telling Noah what he's about to do. And he tells him 120 years before he does it. Does it, that's important to the sermon today. I want you to hang on to that. He said, I want you to fill it with people, critters, and food, and faith. I want you to fill it with that, and I want you to depend on me. And uh, when we see uh, Genesis 6, 22, after, the, after there's this great description, and Noah did this. He did everything that God had commanded him. Noah made the adjustment in his life according to the revelation of what God said he was going to do. And he asked Noah to join him. He invited Noah to join him in this work. Noah made the adjustment to be able to do that. Um, I, I want you to see oh, so far in this sermon and in this story, I want you to see God's revelation as in verse 13. I want you to see Noah's adjustment. We really don't know what Noah did before he started building the ark. Uh, a lot of hint is that he was a farmer because that's what he did when he left the ark. And he knew what to be able to do. So there's a lot, there's a lot of indication that he was, a, he was a farmer before this. I want you to see Noah's obedience in this. I also want you to know that in this situation, we are still telling this story today. We're still telling it how God revealed what he's going to do, gave him 120 years to be able to put it together. Noah heard what was happening. He knew that this was an invitation for God inviting him to join him in this work. He made the adjustment to be able to do this. And we know the story. We know the story of the flood. Wipes out everybody except for Noah's family. You may see this as a story of destruction, but I don't. I don't. I know in my heart that sin is going to be punished and I see this going on there. But I also know this is a story, more importantly, of rescue. I want you to see the story of rescue. Listen to me. They had 120 years to get it right. Do you hear that? That's, that's God's grace and mercy both at work. They had a, but you know what the scriptures say about those 120 years? It said civilization, the evil escalated. It grew. 
And in this 120 years, Noah's not only building an ark, Second Peter says that he is preaching righteousness to the people, but no one paid attention. Sometimes I feel like Noah preaching to that civilization. There's times you come to me and you tell me, man, we like it to hear other people preach. And I'm going, well, I like it when I go preach to other people. Man, listen, if you want to say out there that God's a God of destruction and he helps no one, can you imagine? None of us probably in here are going to live 120 years. He gave this civilization 120 years to get it right and they made it worse. That's a God of grace. That is a God of mercy. That is a God of rescue. Don't, don't go seeing this as mainly a story of destruction. I see it as a story of rescue. Multiple chances over and over and over and over again to get this thing right in their life. But evil continued to increase. Do I think there are deaf ears today? I think there's always been deaf ears. But I think some people don't want to hear the message of God because they have their own plan. And they're only interested in the message of God when it matches their plan. When you go to talking about adjusting your life to follow God, you'll shut me out really, really fast. Because it doesn't match your plan. And remember, our life is not a life of recognition. Remember the cots. It is a life of being faithful. My job is to take a paralyzed world, bring them to Christ any way I can, if it's the front door or if it's through the roof. I bring them to Christ and I don't want any recognition for it. But the truth of it is we want that. When you need to plan for a life that has meaning and purpose to it and that is a life of following Christ. Noah himself, his name means comfort. His daddy named him. And if you know anything about the Hebrew people in the Old Testament, names mean have meaning. And uh, Noah means comfort or means relief. He's the bring relief. We read about Noah, it said God found favor with Noah. When we read about Noah, it says that God, that Noah walked with God. He walked with God. It said that scripture says that Noah was blameless. And let me say this, he's not calling himself blameless but other people are recognizing him as blameless. It's not what he says about himself, it's about what others, his contemporaries, said about him. Scriptures tell us he's a man of faith. He said that he preached righteousness in these 120 years. Not only was he building an ark, but he's preaching righteousness. He's living to be obedient. Hang on, listen to me. This is gonna to speak to our culture and even the one I grew up in as a young boy. When everybody was bad, Noah was choosing good. You hear me? If, you wanted, if there was ever a time where you're saying, well, everybody else is doing it, it was in the days of Noah. Everybody else is doing it. Everybody else is doing it. Well, Noah saw that everybody else is doing, but Noah chose righteousness for himself 
and for his family. He's, he, he was, when people were doing the wrong thing, he made a determination with his God to do the right thing. Look at James, I told you we'd go back to our old friend James. Uh, he, he's got a beautiful definition of sin here, okay? So it is a sin for the person who knows to do what is good and doesn't do it. I don't think I have, I don't, I don't think with any of you all that I have to sit down, I'm just telling you, okay? I, I, I think if I met with everybody in this room one-on-one, I would not have to tell you what is right and what is wrong. I don't think I'd have to point it to you. And you're choosing to do wrong anyway. It grieves the heart of God. He didn't make you for that reason. It brings sorrow to him. Brings sorrow to me. You could say, well, Pastor Jeff, why are you against this and why are you against that? I'd rather say this is why I'm for faithfulness uh, instead of against, but I, I, I I want you to hear my heart as a pastor and a shepherd. The enemy has lied and deceived people into a lot of things that God has not blessed. And the enemy wants to bring disorder to what God has brought order to. God has brought order to a lot of things in our life and the enemy wants to bring dishonor to it. And, and we'll, we'll switch if we're not careful away from scripture. But what hurts me is not that they're following the rules. What hurts me is the destruction that I know that is coming that I don't want to come to them. Some people take warning as not being tolerant. I think, I, think, I think preaching warning is the, one of the greatest acts of love. If I didn't love you, by gosh, I'd let you go off the cliff. If I didn't love you and I knew you're headed for the cliff, I'm just like, later alligator after a while crocodile, see ya. But if I love you, I will get between you and the cliff. And I'll tell you, there's a cliff. You're headed for destruction, the bridge is out. You know, I think the warning is the greatest act of love. And this is what, this is what Noah's doing. Bill, he, he's building the rescue, which was the ark, but he's preaching righteousness. And the more he preached, the more the civilization grew evil. So everyone was doing bad, but Noah chose to do good. God used Noah to bring restoration, to reestablish, to show his promise, God's promise, to begin again and to begin new. Now, I want to switch all this around on you for a moment. You're going, man, I'm glad Noah did that. I'm glad Noah did that. I'm glad that Noah saw the revelation of God. I'm glad that he heard the revelation of God. And I'm glad that he adjusted his life My life and yours is blessed because of it. But I want to say this to you. If you're looking like I could never be a Noah, I just want to help you out for just a moment. Can God use you to bring comfort and relief to other people? Yes. Yes. Can God find favor with you? Yes. Can you walk with God like Noah walked with God? You're saying no, but yes, you can. Folks, that's what I'm trying to teach you to do. 
I don't want our church to be a social club. I don't want it to be a country club. I don't want it to be a hangout. I want to bring you on campus. I want us to worship together. I want us to learn, and I want to send you out. I, I want to gather to go. And some of you will get upset with me that I don't have programs and menus for everything. Listen, God has spoken to me a long time ago. I've got to teach my sheep how to walk with the Lord. When nobody else is around, when you don't have an ounce of energy left in your body, and you're wondering, am I ever going to get on the other side of this stuff? Amen. I want to teach you how to walk with the Lord. I want to teach you how to go to him before you post it on Facebook. Are you listening? I want to teach you to go to your closet, pour your heart out to him before you let everybody know what food you had at Malone's. You hear me? You can walk with God just like Noah walked with God. Everything around Noah told Noah not to walk with God. And Noah decided, can you tell I was excited to preach this sermon today? What time is it? Ooh, it's almost closing time, but I'm not done. Can you be blameless? Not yourself, not saying that about yourself, but will others tell you that you live a life of blameless? Can you be a man and woman of faith? Absolutely. Can you preach righteousness? Absolutely. Can you be obedient? Absolutely. When everybody else is doing wrong, can you do right? Absolutely you can. God can use you to bring restoration, to reestablish, to show the promises of God, to begin again, and to be new. Guys, I don't want you all to be better people. I want you to be brand new people. And the only way you can be a brand new person is that Christ make you new. It's, it's uh, what they said over tenor. I can't remember if it's harmony. I can't remember if it's lyric. I can't remember which one. But anyone, you know, you, you encounter Christ, you become a brand new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have, have become new is what has happened in this. Listen, I, I don't know how long the Lord's going to give you. I don't know that he's going to give you 120 years. But he'll give you some years to get it right. And we can say, God's this mean God of destruction. That's not who I seem to be. I just seem being a just God that judges sin. And that's exactly what I want him to be. I seem as a God of rescue. And I don't know how many, how many days, months, years, weeks, whatever, for you to get it right. But man, let's just start today. You know, let's start, let's make a decision today that I'm gonna live as God reveals things to me in my own personal life. I'm gonna make the adjustments. Will God call you to build an ark? I, we've got one already in Kentucky. It's, our, it's up there in Northern Kentucky. So if the, if the floodwaters come up there, just get on it on the dry side, okay? And get on that thing. Uh, we've already, I don't know that he's gonna do that again. And he never did it again after Noah. But the Lord may reveal to you something small, something very small. I know that God has revealed to me of, of pertinent people he wants me to go pray with. It's not gonna be a big thing like the ark, but it's just gonna be a time to pray with them and to pray over them. When God reveals something to you, he's showing you what he's about to do and he's inviting you to join him in that. And I pray that we do that today. 
I pray that we do that today. Let me pray over you today, okay? Father, I pray over our people today. I pray we receive your word today, Lord. Um, always adjustment, but nothing matches the adjustment that you made for us. You left the royalty of heaven. They attended everything that you needed in heaven. And you came to a sin-sick world. You came and you became us so that you could save us. Lord, I can make all kinds of adjustments in my life, but it'll never match that one. And your adjustment brings salvation to us. It brought salvation to me. And I say thanks. Father, we surrender our lives to you. We live in a, in a habit a lot of times. We live in a rut. Reveal to us, Lord. Reveal to us the adjustments you want us to make. Father, I think even now the very simple one is just to go off and spend time with you on a regular basis. And Lord, we thank you because of the cross, we have that access. I can go to the Holy of Holies any time that I want. You have given me that invitation. Father, thank you for being a God who rescues, who gives his grace and gives his mercy. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. Church, would you stand with me? Counselors, would you come find your spot, if you will? And uh, the team's gonna lead us in a time. You got a commitment. You wanna come and pray. You wanna come and pray with these people. Listen to me. Listen to me. Don't, don't, don't put your stuff together to leave. Listen. If some of you are here and physically your you're, you're, things aren't right, there's sickness, come and let us pray over you. If, if you're here and you've got a tough time going on, you just need a brother or a sister to pray over you. Come, bring that burden here. Bring it to the altar, and I, I mean that. When Noah got off that boat, one of the first things he did, you know what he did? He built an altar to the Lord. He built an altar to the Lord. So come, I'm asking you to come as the team leads us. The invitation is this, whosoever will, for whatever reason, you come.